What's really good, my people? Welcome into No Catch Up Chicago. For Chicago, by Chicago, I am your host, Sean Little. Sports edition. Got T in the building. What up, what He's up? He's going to be here weekly on the sports. It's going to be me, T, and Quick holding down the sports end. And then uh, that field level crew, Moose, Juice, and myself will take care of that on Thursdays. We're about to break down the Bulls. The Miritich is in the news. Going to break down that trade potential. Couple different things came up there. He's going to New Orleans. Couple different deals I heard out there. We're going to talk about that. If he should go, what we should get for him. We're going to talk that Blake Griffin trade to Detroit, leaving LA for Detroit. Tobias Harris, Avery Bradley, and some picks and some other throw-ins going back uh, to LA. We'll break that down. And it's Super Bowl week, so we're going to talk about that. T's got some family that's from Philly. We'll go into details there. Who we want to see win? I want to talk about that Tom Brady. Tom vs. Time documentary I peeped. Stay tuned, stay locked. No catch up Chicago, for Chicago, by Chicago. Listen up. First things first, T, what's happening? What's good How you with doing, you? man? How you living? Good, good. How about you? I'm good, man. Work's been busy, the whole thing, going into uh, the Super Bowl, but I can't complain about that. You know what I mean? Um, tons of music coming out. I know we were talking about that before we hopped on. Culture 2 is out here banging. I like it. Yeah? I like especially that track you played. What was that called again? It's called Made Men. All right. Real smooth. It's not it wasn't very what caught my ear on it was it wasn't very me ghosty. So it caught me and I kinda listened to it. Yeah, but it's real smooth. Um it's not really it's not really their vibe. What do you think of Migos in general? Uh I think I said it before, like initially it's not really the type of hip hop I was into, but I mean, they've kind of taken over, and you know, they make music that everybody's gonna listen to. Right now, they're pretty much on top of rap, I guess, as a group until somebody steps in and uh, or that fad moves on. You know, is it a fad? I know we've talked about that, but it's funny you say that because when I was watching the Grammys this past week, on Sunday, people were talking about like how can Migos not win, whatever, whatever. First off, that's not the type of music record the the Grammy recording assembly or whatever you want to call it company they don't they don't vote on shit like that they're never gonna for the more times than not Migos is never gonna win a Grammy um yeah and people were like yo is that wave over and it's like no you don't really decide like the Grammys in the upper level like higher tier music society doesn't decide when shit like that's over that's the streets that's the culture that's the youth and I think that's what they ride off anyway I think their wave is just the culture and just trying to relate to the young folks because that's who they are anyway. And I think that's why so many people rock with it in general. Yeah, I don't mind with that. I don't mind waves in general. I mean, I think waves are good in anything. You get some new stuff in there. Uh, I did see that double XL list, the, the new freshman list. It's trash. Uh, we can is pull it? it up later. Yeah, it's it's crazy bad. Like, no, hold on. Yeah, I got to pull this, pull this, this shit quick. up right now. Hold on. I heard um, – I thought this was a rumor. I heard – the girl, the uh, the uh, Catch Me Outside girl is on it. She's on it, yeah. There's just no way yeah. that's possible, <laughs> bro. Like, so it's one thing when the Grammys are, you know, losing credibility with hip-hop fans, but, you know, with Double XL and, like, all these, you know, supposedly hip-hop uh, platforms. Yeah, that's crazy. That's crazy. Right. Yeah, she has no <laughs> – yeah, come on, dog. That, that's crazy. But, man, dude, it's just the strength of social media. What what everybody thinks is popular is kind of, you know, the main street, the publishers, the TV, right, the television exactly. folks. They they kind of hop on and tend to co-sign that type of shit. Yep. But 
Speaking of Migos, the reason I was, I've been banging the Migos just since it came out, and I went to Boneyard for the first time. I remember on the last pod, we were talking about street shops that we hadn't been to in the city, and Bone, Boneyard was the one for me. I'd been to Juggernaut, been to uh, St. Alfred, been to Fat Tiger. I hadn't been to Boneyard yet. So I went over there this weekend. It was dope, man. Um, it's funny. You're so in plug with the Vintage Hoops Vault that you saw like some of the prices on some of the pieces. Yeah. And you were like, yo, who's taxing like yeah. that? Like, who is that? You know what I'm saying? Um, I want to talk to you about that a little bit. But before we get too, too crazy, before we get into these bulls, go check out Boneyard Chicago. It's on Yeah, Ashland. really dope shop. Uh, Boneyard's like, you know, the leader when it comes to that type of fashion in Chicago. Uh, you know, not just jerseys. They got some, like, crazy old school stuff there you won't see anywhere else. Yeah, dog. They had a couple of pieces where I was like, damn, this is tough. They had, like, a couple of Carl Kanai. Yeah. They had a Carl Kanai, <laughs> like, navy, burgundy, and green, like, denim top. Like, long denim top. It was crazy. No one's got that. So, yeah, go check out uh, go check out Boneyard. And I, when I was at Boneyard, I bumped into Wani Worldwide. Nini's Deli Wani. So we were talking to him, chopping it up a little bit. He's going to come on the show at some point. So that'll be dope. But yeah, go check out Boneyard if you haven't already in the city on Ashland. They got some heat, some shit that people just frankly don't have. Sneakers too. If you like sneakerheads, they have, they got some good prices there yeah. too. You know, They got some, yeah. They had like, I mean, I don't know about the prices because some of these joints are so exclusive. Like they had some of the off-white. Yeah. Nine that was in there. There was like twelve hundred for the pair of Prestos that we struck out on. All, all of us, everybody I knew struck out on. <laughs> Ofers. Uh, but let's get into these Bulls. That's what we're here to talk about. Chicago sports. The Bulls have been garbage all year until Nico came back. But I feel like we've been in the news, regardless, in the mainstream media, regardless of kind of where we're at in the standings in the East, pretty frequently. I'm at I'm at work today. Obviously, the Twitter blows up when uh, Vincent Goodwill drops the the news. That was the first person I think that dropped the report of Nico potentially getting traded to New Orleans to New Orleans, the Pelicans for Amir Sheik in a first round pick. Let me get your thoughts, your immediate thoughts on that deal when you heard it, how you felt about it. And then we could go into how you feel about Nico in general, how you feel about him being on the squad, because I got a hot take on that as well. Yeah, uh, I don't mind it. I mean, the Sheik's going to come in, grab boards, block shots, and that first-round pick is huge. You know, that's what we're trying to stack here. Uh, if we're building for the future, I'm about moves like this. You know, you got to sell high. You can't be holding on to these players until they diminish in value and then get rid of them at the floor. And I feel like we've done that too many times. Uh, I feel like people around the league do that too many times. You know, like... The Clippers didn't just do that, but, I mean, they had Blake when he was MVP talk multiple times, and then now they kind of sell him after all these nagging injuries. And oh, They still I, got such a good deal on that. We're going to yeah, go in. We'll get into that. Yeah, yeah, we'll get into that for I like sure. that deal, too, for both yeah. parties. Yeah. Um, my first thought on this Nico piece was, let's get it done. That was my initial thought. I think it's a perfect situation – let me take a step back, right? Because I'm huge on – I want the Bulls to lose every game that we go out and play. Right, me too. I, I want us to I'm, – I'm, I'm team tank. Yeah. I want us to be garbage. Especially I, with this draft class. Yes. I need a top three pick, right? Top five at the at the worst. When we started the season, we were 3-20. and 20. 
Miritich comes back since we're 14 and 11. So it goes without saying that he's made an impact right when he came back. What did we win? Six or eight in a row? Yeah, I think it was six. I think it was six in a row. Yeah, Yeah, six. Man, it might even got to eight. I don't remember. But they're 14 and 11 since Miritich came back. Get it done. Move him. Like, I need, like you said, let's stack the picks first and foremost. Right. But I, I kind of want to play both ends because I'm going to get into that after I, after I finish it, my first point. But, yeah, my first initial thought was move him. We're better with him. I want to lose a lot of games. If we can get a first-round pick and a cheap Omir from New Orleans – we're gonna. He's gonna be gone next year, for a cheap hit on the cap. Cool, done. Let's move him. Ends up coming out that it fell through. They so how Nico's deal is set up. He signed a two year deal with a player option next year, and he has a no trade clause on that player option. If the player option dollars, which is fourteen million dollars, gets guaranteed, then they can move him without the trade clause. But if that $14 million is not guaranteed, basically the player option is not picked up by whatever team they're trying to move him to, he can veto the trade. Basically, if he wants, he can assure the $14 million in Chicago if no one picks it up. He can just right, be like, exactly. no, I'm not moving. So that's what ends up making the deal fall through. New Orleans is worried about picking up that $14 million check and – Basically, That's a big one. I mean, yeah. if you think about it, for a player like him who, you know, I'm I'm not a huge Miritich fan, but he's had his spurts of, of uh, you know, playing really good basketball. And that's why I think, you know, you got to make the move while it's hot because it's like he's one of the most volatile players the Bulls have had in the past few years. You know, he has his ups and downs and their crazy swings. Like there's some points where you, you, you trade him for anything, you know, but at this point, you know, you kind of like how he's playing, but. I think you pick up what you could get for him and you keep moving. I agree. Kind of. This is why I say that. When I when I heard first round pick and I heard Ashik who's going to be cheap off the books by next year, I'm all about it. The first round pick that they've been shopping for him and been looking to get the whole time, I think it's key. I don't want to he showed that he can play a little ball. He's been coming off the bench, playing well, leads the league, leads the team in scoring, as we talked about earlier. He's tied for eighth in the league in fourth quarter scoring with Dame Lillard. He's been playing well. Like, let's just keep it 100. He's been playing decent ball. And how old do you think Miritich is? Just take a guess if you don't need to know that off the top of your head. No, I didn't he's know young. It. He's 25? 26. 26. So... I know that he can play a little bit in Hoiberg's system because I'm looking at it. I'm watching it. I don't want to. I want him. I want to move him for a first round pick. If that if that option's available, let's go. I'm out. We out. Like let's get it. If 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 we're getting lowballed with second round picks and a bullshit second round pick at that, I'm I'm in for holding on to him. Pay the 14 next year. Well, it's a player option, but if he wants to stay, because I don't know who's going to give him $14 million plus on a long-term deal next year in free agency, but you never know. I would be okay with keeping him if you got some type of confirmation or a feeling that he was willing to stay and come off the bench and not take minutes away from marketing. Right. 
Yeah, the, their ability to coexist, that's going to be huge in the future because he's everything right now. You know, we're building yeah, around him. For like, sure. Whatever we do has to be, you know, with with him being the centerpiece in mind. And uh, I think that makes it kind of tough with Nikola too because they have somewhat similar games, not crazy similar, but, you know, they're going to shoot the three. They're going to, you know, big guys who could stretch the floor. Um, so if he's going to stay, yeah, I think he'd have to coexist, which I think he's done well in the minutes that he's played. Um, but it would just have to be, you know, moving forward. You know, we're going to build something big here. Are you willing to be a small piece of that? Absolutely. That's the key. What you just said is what you need to come bring him in and talk to him about. Like, hey, listen, um, like I said, though, if we get a first round pick, move him. But if that doesn't seem if we, if we can't seem to shop that anywhere and we're getting a bullshit offer, I rather risk keeping him on. Let next year pull up. Pull him in and be like, yo, listen, keep coming off the bench. And if he wants to be a part of that and be a part of something bigger like you mentioned, I have no problem keeping him on and then exercising that player option if he feels like he wants to stay. And I wouldn't mind paying the 14 if he – because he's, he's a good bench player. He's shown that. Yeah. Who are your, uh, who are your untradeables? Like, who, are, who else are you not touching besides marketing? Dunn. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not touching him. He's got to stay here. He's he's either bro. The, yeah, he's, he's got to stay. <laughs> he's either a future starting point guard or he's a backup point guard on a championship team down the line. He's a, he's the a starting point guard. He's gonna yeah. be the starting point guard. I hope so. He plays that hard nosed defense. He could, you know, he finishes at the rim. He's got to work on that jumper a little bit, but but he's even that's getting a lot better. Yeah, every no. more and more. Every time I see him, it, right. he's shooting it with more and more confidence. He looks good. He's untouchable. Absolutely untouchable to me. Him, marketing. I guess I guess Levine is untouchable. I would maybe say that. just because yeah. we we have to see what that's gonna pan right. out and become. He could he could be a major piece for us. So I would say he's untouchable. Um I don't really see anybody else. Yeah, I I'd say those three too. To be honest, I think everybody else can move. Right. Um I would love to see Denzel. At Michigan State, me and my guy Edder were actually talking about this. At Michigan State, Big Ten Player of the Year, he showed a ton of different versatility, handling the rock, distributing the rock, running an offense. Oh, for yeah, he was a flat-out baller. Flat-out, all-around ball player. And for the Bulls, he's kind of just coming off the bench shooting corner threes. I would like to see him develop more and bring some of that Michigan State game over to the Bulls and work with that second unit to kind of fill that out because it don't let's not let's not get it twisted like you're going to need the core guys of Dunn, Markin and Levine, Levine and whoever we get in the draft, hopefully somebody a Michael Porter, a, a Bagley the 3rd. But you always need that bench. Right. You're always going to need you're going to need depth. You're going to need people to come off of the bench, but the untouchables are those three no doubt. Yeah, with Denzel, I think he's a great player. Uh, just physically, I mean, some people don't have what it takes to play in this game, and that that's kind of where I think he's at. You know, he's, like, incredibly slow, uh, you know, not very athletic, so can't do what he was doing in college since he doesn't have the ball in his hand that much. He's not running that point-forward type of thing that we saw him in at the end of his college career. So that's why I think he's going to struggle. I don't think it's a, it's a skill thing. I just think he doesn't have what it takes physically. Yeah, that's a good point. I think that might be it. And, and I think he might know that. And maybe coaches know that too. And they're like, yo, hang out on the perimeter and shoot jumpers. Like, don't try to play outside yourself. And we don't need you to be that all-around 
player that you were at Michigan State up here because you won't be able to get that type of shit done. Right. I think that might be – that's a good point. Another reason I wanted to see the trade go through to New Orleans is because of the potential of that first-round pick becoming a lottery pick. That's gonna Yeah, that's going to be tough because the, the Pelicans are in the playoff picture right now. But should they slip? You know, that could be a little lottery pick. I, I mean, I definitely think they're, they, they're going to slip with DeMarcus out. Right. Um, but this is the year to try to get high in that lottery because starting next year, you know, I think, what is it, picks one through three or picks one through four have the same chance of getting the number one pick. Yeah, starting next year, it's all right. like 14% or something. Yeah, so all this the top is, three get the same amount of yeah. chance to get the top pick. So, yeah, this would be the year to do it. Um, New Orleans is currently sixth in the West, but they're like two games out of nine, too. Right. You know what I mean? It's a little cluttered in there. And with DeMarcus going down, which I hated to see, that's my guy. Yeah, but that's, that's the best son in the NBA. Yeah. No doubt. That's the best son in the I NBA. I rock with DeMarcus heavy. Yeah, hell yeah. So it was a shame to see him go down. And for as much flack as he gets about attitude and a lot of different shit, he always plays hard. He's always trying to make shit happen for the team. With him blowing his Achilles out, it was off of a missed free throw right. that he was trying to go slap the ball off the other player to go out of bounds so they can get the ball back in a, in a tight game. So it was it was whack to see Boogie go out like that. He but, keeps it clean, too. But yeah. That's what I like about Boogie. Like People say he's got an attitude problem, and, and, and he does on the court, but like everything he does revolves around basketball and winning. Like He doesn't. He doesn't ever get personal. He doesn't get off the court. You know, like he's there to win games, try to win games, and just play the best ball he could. Absolutely. So it was tough to see him go down. I love all his antics. He has fun with all the dudes out there. He plays hard. He doesn't take no shit. Like so, that's that's and yeah, you need that from a, from your center, your big guy anyway. And it was whack because they're just starting to figure it out a little bit. Hitting Anthony Davis, and that's a blow for Anthony Davis. He's like, man, dude, I finally get a dude that can play with me. He's putting up numbers, and then how he goes down, and it's the same shit again. It's me. Right. I'm, I'm surprised how much he embraced him, Anthony Davis. I thought, you know, Anthony Davis is a little young. He's, like, what, 24, and I thought he'd be a little bit salty um, when DeMarcus came, you know, like having to share the spotlight. Of course, right. he wanted the help, but, like, he really embraces DeMarcus as, like, a big brother. I don't know if you see their chemistry on the court. He's like, They rock with each right, other. Right, yeah. It was cool to see two bigs do that. We haven't yeah. seen that in a while. Yeah, you could tell. So... Tough to see him go down, but on the flip, if we get this pick with with, with without Demarcus, they're they're gonna have to drop. They're they're oh losing yeah, they're gonna a, drop for sure. A 26, 27 point score, so they're gonna drop, and then that pick becomes more and more valuable. That was the first thing I thought of when I heard the trade proposal was wow, Cousins just went out. Boogie Cousins is now out. That they have a chance to free fall in the West, especially. So yeah, we can fuck around and turn that pick into Trey Young if if enough people pass up on him. That's real shit, know, right? Yeah. And then if we, so you heard the numbers without Nico, where we were three and twenty to start the season. If we could move him, get a pick, we start to lose. We get really bad really quickly. Robin Lopez has to start playing more minutes. Bobby Portis is going to have to start playing more minutes. They're not bringing. They're not scoring and doing the things that Miritich is doing. That instantly makes us worse. We start to climb the draft board with our pick, and New Orleans is now without one of their best players, and that pick is going to start going up. If we could close that deal and have two picks in the top fourteen, 
Now we're talking. Yeah, you can't ask for more than that. Now we're talking. Going into the season, if you could tell me that we would trade Jimmy Butler, get back our starting point guard, a two, young athletic two, that's improving his jumper every day. Our seventh pick in the draft, Lloyd Markman's the real deal. We hit like a thousand threes. <laughs> Fastest to 300 threes ever. Yeah. And then we could close the season out and have two picks in the top 14. A plus. Right. Yeah. No, that's how you do it. I mean, and I'd have to give the front office, Gar Packs, all the love in the world because. Fuck. Don't say that's hard. That's hard to even tough, hear, man. <laughs> it's tough to say that, right? But if at the end of the year we can have moved Nico. Got that fourteen million off the books for next year. Keep all that free ass cap room that we have. Add two top fourteen picks, a point guard, and they hit on our draft pick. God, it's a, it's a plus all around. Yeah, that's how you rebuild. That's how you rebuild. That's a rebuild right there. So if we could do that, and man, if we could pull the trade off and 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 dump Miritich, get that first round pick, and keep it moving. We are on our way. And then we're talking about a big – and see, then that's the thing. We got all these young dudes under contract, and then we start getting in the summer, and then we could start being like, yo, listen, come on over to Chicago, Aunt Davis, or come on over to Chicago, all the other big free agents. This is what we're doing. These are all the young pieces we have. Let's get it going. That's the that's how you rebuild it. And I, I think they're going to do it around Laurie too, like if he – if he becomes an all-star in the next two years, you know, like... Which I don't see why he can't. Yeah, no, I could see him being an all-star in two, three years. Um, it's like people want to play with Porzingis. You know, right now he's balling on his own kind of, but somebody would want to go to New York, huge market, play with Porzingis. You know, same way somebody would want to come to this huge market, play with Laurie, and I think... It's a good point. Yeah, yeah, I think it's sooner than later. It's a good point. I mean, the other night we got smoked out by Milwaukee. First off, shout out the Milwaukee Bucks organization for those cream jerseys. Those were crazy. Yeah, those are tough. clean. I like those. <laughs> those are super yeah. tough. That was. I turned the TV on. I was like, "Yo, these jerseys are wild tough." Um, whoever designed those and picked those out or approved <laughs> those, big ups. Um, but yeah, we got smashed the other night, and marketing was the only bright spot. He had like eighteen and ten, efficient, did his thing. He's the real deal, man. So, yeah, it's funny to say that. Like, yo, Garpacks really did their thing this year. But, man, it's looking more and more and more and more. No one's going to say that shit. No one wants to give those guys props. And I bash them and have bashed them. But, man, this shit's looking more and more legitimate. Like, they moved Jimmy, got back a, a, a bag in return, hit on the draft pick, and we could potentially move Miritich and close. the And, and that ends up being we have two picks in the top 14 with all these heads coming out could be ugly we could be back sooner rather than later so i'm looking forward to that pick going through let's move it man let's do that i'm with it wednesday the bulls play portland let's see what they do i hope they i hope they play a competitive game zach levine gets his jumpers up gets his minutes in gets his legs in marketing plays well and we lose by eight points yeah, that, I hope that's what we do. That's the every, go-to for the rest of the that's year. That's the Seriously. go-to for the rest of the year, literally. I, I almost don't want to give Garpack's prop because it's like what they're doing right now is kind of a no-brainer. Like some of these decisions they're coming across, 
minus the marketing thing. That was kind of bold, and and it, it's kind of paying off. You know, like I knew I thought he'd be a good player. I didn't think he'd be this good this fast. I didn't think he'd be, you know, playing as good or better than Dennis Smith, Malik Monk, all those guys. But so you got to give him some props on that and see where they go from here. But we'll have to see. No, it's all okay. Let's let's talk about this for a second, actually, because it seems like a no-brainer. But there's all it always seems like it didn't seem like a no-brainer to me when we got what we got back for Jimmy. That seemed like a huge L for me. So I gotta give them their their props when it's due, bro. Right now, it looks like everything is falling into place, and if they can get a first-round pick for for Miritich, it's A's, bro. A's yeah, across no, the board. I, I feel you. Uh, for me, see, it was different for me for that Minnesota pick because I I hated that we gave up that pick. I'm a I'm a lifelong. and the Jordan Bell thing. <laughs> oh, that Jordan Bell thing kills me. Yeah, because I, I think he's gonna be a good player. Yeah. Um, but with Jimmy, you know, I, I might need a whole separate show for this, a month for this. You know, I've I've always been a critic of Jimmy. I just thought he kind of sunk the city down a little bit. Like he was a little bit selfish in some of the things he did. But that's you a different like topic. The, you mean like the Hollywood Jimmy piece? Like where he he got a little bread in his pocket and he changed a little bit. It's just like, I don't, he he had an inability to coexist with with some of these guys. Like no one really thrived with him. So I was all right moving him, um, and I realized that you know what we got for him could pan out. It was it was decent what came with him. Like you know Levine was coming off one of his best seasons, his best season before the injury. Uh, he was shooting the three ball. He's yeah, he twenty something for, he's a game. Twenty a game, yeah. But that was the thing. Like, if you look back at it when it happened, Chris Dunn was nothing. Yeah, no, he was. Chris Dunn was an F. Right. Zach Levine had a torn ACL, and we gave up a second round pick. It was like, what the fuck are we doing? What is going on here? Like, this is a robbery. And now, what, months later, Chris Dunn's a ball player. Levine's back, still getting his legs back. Markinen, the pick from Markinen. Yeah. Because that, the, the Markinen pick and the Butler trade were, what, like two weeks apart? Like three weeks apart, yeah. you know what I mean. So, the Jordan Bell thing will still will still sting because I just think that was a purely financial play when we're trying to stack as many young players as humanly possible to rock with and see if they can hoop. So that wasn't that that, that was a bad decision. Um, but other than that, everything is looking like they knew what they were doing, and if they can pull off this trade. To New Orleans, I think it's a perfect trade. I, w- I loved the trade when I heard it for all the reasons I just previously said. If the, he can push that through, Gar and Pax can push that through, I think, man, we're, we're off and running, no doubt. Yeah, speaking of also giving props where it's due, uh, been critical on some of these guys, including Tibbs too, but Minnesota, man, they're, what, they're the fourth or fifth seed right now. I, I don't know how long they're going to hang up there, but uh, you know, for now they've been playing some good ball, especially after starting the season out. You know, really poor defensively and just uh, not yeah, too good overall. They're four, four, fourth in the West, thirty-two and twenty-one. Yeah, I mean that's Jimmy. Yeah, he, you know he's been balling. He's been yeah, absolutely. He's been playing crazy basketball the past, I'd say, six weeks. Bulls, like I said, Wednesday against the Trail Blazers. I hope everybody plays well and we lose. <laughs> let's go. <laughs> All right, T. Let's talk about the NBA. It's crazy time right now. You are the NBA stays wild, but it's going into the All Star break. Trade deadlines creeping. Everything's going on. The Cavs are struggling. Kevin Love just broke his hand. That just got reported a second ago as we were recording. They're in Detroit playing right now. It's the third quarter. 
Um, so that's a huge blow for Cleveland. Blake Griffin just got traded to Detroit yesterday. Huge shock to me. They sent Blake to Detroit for Tobias Harris, Avery Bradley, Boban Marjanovic, a first and a second round pick. And then the Clippers sent Blake, Bryce Johnson, and Willie Reed, a couple of throw-ins with Griffin. Detroit's 2018 first round pick is protected one through four for 2018, 2019, and 2020, but unprotected in 2021. What were your thoughts on that Blake trade? How do you feel like he's going to fit? Who won the Who won the trade? How do you feel about it overall? Uh, you know, right right off the top, I think both teams came out all right. I mean, for for one like player, pretty much, and a couple throw-ins who are never going to see the floor, that you got pretty much what you're going to get. Um, obviously, I don't know how long Avery's going to be there when he's healthy, when he's playing right. He's one of the best perimeter defenders in the NBA. Developed a crazy jumper. He's you know he's a big super time solid. Bro. Yeah, no, he's he's really good. Yeah. Um, Tobias but, Harris been balling. Oh yeah, yeah Tobias we'll Harris it, yeah. is crazy. Right, I mean to cut you off. Um, but Blake, it's like it kind of shows you. You know, it's like that Isaiah situation. You know, we call players snakes all the time. You know, I'm guilty of it too. But how about when an organization snakes a player, right? So they they went through all this stuff to try to keep Blake here. They threw him like a little in-house celebration thing. Um, you know, he's the best Clipper ever. You know, we want you to die a Clipper. So come play here. Um, stay here, and and then they just go trade him. Um, he's a scary player to have though, just because he has that injury potential. But it's not just because he's a freak athlete. Honestly, I think that gets overshadowed sometimes because he's like developed the crazy jumper now. I mean, not crazy, but he's very confident in it. Um, he's probably the best ball handling power forward in the NBA. Um, he's got the spin moves. He's a, he's a solid passer. So I think he's going to shine in Detroit. Um, he's used to playing with like a Drummond types. He's been with Dre for years now, so I think it's going to be fine. Um, maybe they'll start playing better again. They started off the season hot, Detroit, and now they're, they're kind of in a slump. They're out of the playoff picture, so let's see what he could do there. Yeah, I mean, this year he's going for 23-8. I mean, those are his like roughly his career numbers. I mean, that's what he does. He's athletic. He puts people in the seats, which Detroit needs – in a major way with a new stadium and all that stuff in Detroit. Um, the Clippers won the trade, though, no doubt about it. And this is why. And this is why I don't really feel like they snaked him. I don't know the behind-the-scenes conversations, but they paid him. They got him his bread. They signed him. They didn't. They didn't jerk him around and then ship him without giving him his money or anything like that. They signed him for a big deal. Chris Paul's gone. It was just blow-up time for them. For them to give up Blake Griffin, get back Tobias Harris, solid, Avery Bradley, solid, and get a first and second round pick from a team that's not very good, and they give up an injury-prone dude that's due, what I think in like the like one of the later years of the contract, it's like $35 million. Big-time W for the Clippers. Um, Detroit gets what they want. They get an impact guy, young, athletic, younger, athletic guy that people will want to come see. They're in the East. It's not hard to make the playoffs, to make that push to get into the playoffs. Like you said, they still have Drummond. He's used to playing with another big guy alongside with with Jordan in L.A. 
So I think it's a great trade for the Clippers, big picture-wise. But for what the Pistons need and are looking for right now, I don't mind it. Yeah, and, uh, you know, the Clippers, in a lot of ways, remind me of the Bulls, like, five years ago, right? So we're right we're at, right at that. Yeah, we're right at that cusp, and, and we couldn't get over it. And for us, it was LeBron. For them, it was playing in a crazy-ass Western Conference. Um, so it's a little sadder in in L.A., I guess, because, you know, you know the Bulls. You know, we got this something about our franchise that, you know, we always feel like we're going to bounce back. We're going to be a good team again one day. The Clippers, you know, they've been a dysfunctional franchise for a while, so it's like. And now it looks like they're about to go back into that bullshit. Right, hibernation mode. Hibernation where the Clippers, the laughing stock. They took over L.A. for a second on the basketball side, and I think that's a good point. They're about to go back into that. Nothing squad, just another the second t- the second team in the second city type thing. The pre the pre Chris Paul era, right? I love when people like I'll give my opinion on a trade, but more times than not, every everybody should be like, "We'll see." You never know with some of these deals. You don't know who those picks are going to be. You don't know what Blake's going to do in Detroit. You don't know what's going to happen with the organization with Doc Rivers in L.A. So I mean. You kind of got to sit back and not panic and jump to conclusion and say a whole bunch of different shit about basically stuff we don't know, we haven't seen pan out yet. Yeah, the conference is popping, man. You got Oladipo. He's playing good. The Pacers are in the playoff picture right now, probably temporarily. You got Blake in Detroit. Speaking, Yon- of, speaking of Oladipo and the Pacers, did you see Lance Stevenson last night? No, nah, what'd he do? Dude, <laughs> you got to check it out. He went behind the back at midcourt to split two defenders, was running was running point coming down the lane, did like a, some just street ball shit, like dropped the ball, flailed his hands like two or three times over the ball, like gave like a little head nod fake, and then had this crazy one-hand bounce pass. It was <laughs> sick. Yeah, Lance Stevenson's dope. Born ready. Born ready. Yeah, he's the best street baller. Just happens to be in the NBA. That's basically it's one of those four city titles. I think in New York, one of the few guys to do that in high school. You know, that's tough. He'll be one of those cats that'll <laughs> play ball in the NBA, and when he's finished, he'll just go play pickup like every day <laughs> in New York. Like that. That's how he'll live out his years, just playing pickup, chilling, like going back to New York and just hanging out. I could see him finishing up in the league, going back to the to his neighborhood in New York and just chilling. I can see that. You know what I mean? Just hanging out, playing ball every once in a while, going to play pickup. Like, what a life. It's crazy. Before, too, wait, before T, before we hopped on, we were talking about Ant Davis getting looked at by a couple squads. Warriors. Ant, the Warriors Spurs, are on the not list, a which is OD. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Spurs, Warriors. Who was the other one? Uh, was it Rockets? I think it was Rockets. I would love to hand have Ant Davis on the Bulls. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's... I would love... <laughs> that's easy money. It's, yeah, I would love to see that happen. I don't know if we can pull it off, if he would want to come. But, man, that would be sick. We could use that. You know, we need that right now. Like, an established star coming here, coming home, you know, in the middle of this building to be the centerpiece of it. I mean, yeah. I think it's it's perfect for anybody. If I'm him, if I'm Jabari... Shout out to Jabari, too. He comes back Friday. Um, Big ups, Jabari. I'm thinking of making that move. Yeah, that'd be dope. We got to have the rest of the pieces in place and ready to go, though. That's what it seems. It's like one of those situations where 
come free agency, I hope we're ready to to kind of go and get one piece if we need it or two pieces to combine with all these young guys. That would be the play. Hopefully we're ready to do that, and uh, we'll see what happens. The All-Star game coming up, L.A., Staples Center. How do you feel about the roster? How do you feel about – I loved the whole Russell Westbrook – Dame situation. I love the back and forth and the chatter between all the All Star stuff. Period. Like right. Lou Williams begging for a squad, yeah. a spot. Like, well, first off, I love the format. I think this is really cool. You like the pick, yeah? Thing. The draft, like, because you lock in the starters, so that's legit. You're not going to lose your spot because you know somebody doesn't like you, and then you you lock in the bench too, but it's drafted then by these players, and I just feel like the players got a little more insight. Um, I mean, not to say the GMs don't, because they usually end up picking the right guys, but I really like these, this All-Star game. Uh, they threw in 100 bands, I think, a player, right, for the winning team. Did, you did they? Yeah, they did, which is kind of weird. Like, kinda, <laughs> they're trying <laughs> to make it a little more competitive. It yeah. more, it's 100 bands a person? I think so, yeah. Oh, um, that could get it a little more rocking. I didn't yeah, know that. See I mean, I don't think LeBron's thinking about that, but you got guys like, you know, Carl Anthony Towns. Or, and he's not thinking about that either. He's really, he's, yeah. got, he's got the deal, too. They all, I mean, yo, listen, they all got bands, but 100 bands and people are going to be out there talking shit. It's not, it's a little more draft. It's a little more shuffled up. Like, it could, it could get heated out there. That'd be dope because last year was out of control. Right. What they score last year was like, I don't even know. It's like 300 points or like like 370 points combined or something. Right. Like, and something it, crazy. it keeps going up. It's just. I mean, it's changed, so people got to kind of embrace that. But then I like how this change is going to add, I think, a little more competitiveness to it. Um, some of my favorite old tapes to watch are like, you know, if you watch the the late 70s, you know, early 80s All-Star games, those are some really good All-Star games. You know, you got crazy competition coming down to the wire. Um, it'd be cool to kind of get back into that. But I also see players not trying to get hurt. Not trying to get hurt, trying to relax the whole thing. But that's interesting, man. I mean – I'm glad they're making an effort to try to change it. I know that I watched some of the Pro Bowl shit, and all that stuff is garbage. Oh, yeah, the Pro Bowl is done. The Pro Bowl <laughs> is so bad. Like, everything across the NBA for All-Star Weekend, I always have fun. Oh, yeah, it's, the it's amazing. The dunk contest lost its luster a little bit, but that was a great one last year. Right. It's been coming back. Yeah, it's been coming back a little bit. Hopefully Dennis Smith Jr. is in it this year. I've been hearing rumors of that. He denied that he was formally invited yet. Um, this was a couple days ago. He he might have gotten an invite by now. He's he's nasty. He might be the best dunker in the NBA yeah. right now. You know. How do you feel about LeBron never entering a a dunk contest? To be honest, first of all, I don't think he would have ever won a dunk contest unless he got into one of like the the crazy weak ones. Because I think he's like so much more than a dunker. He's oh, he gets he was, up. He's not. He, he's not. He was yeah, never a dunker. Right. He cocks it back. You know. He gets crazy air, but like. Some of these guys who aren't good basketball players could just like out dunk the hell out of him. So I think he didn't want to get stuck in one of those situations where he gets embarrassed. Right, where he gets embarrassed by a nobody, you know, who throws down a three sixty between the. But legs. was that that soft mental LeBron in there too, though? Like I just avoid it, man. Like I don't want to do it. I think so. I I think he would do it now if he had his youth with his mindset. Now I think he yeah, would want to a be good in point. the dunk contest. I agree. I think he was soft back then mentally. Right. There's no other way around it. He would disappear in big games coming down the stretch. We saw it over and over and over. That performance in the finals versus the Mavericks is out of control. It was terrible. 
Um, I mean, uh, man, I'm a diehard Bulls fan. You know, we we sat through all that, hated on LeBron for so long. But when you really sit back and think about it, you know, who's had as much pressure on him, as much hype on him, and then lived up to the hype or even surpassed it? Yeah, for sure. I mean, there's there's no doubt about it that he's top three basketball player of all time when it's said and done. There's no there's no way around it, and I'm gonna give him those props and give him that love that he deserves. All the other guys, MJ, that like, do you like the MJ? I watched the MJ Dominique dunk contest in '88 at Chicago Stadium recently, probably like a couple months ago. That's a spectacle, bro. Like that was fire. That, that's just what made the All Star game, and still makes the All Star game crazy. Like if we could have got him to go up against. When he was younger, who was winning all those dunk contests? Nate Robinson and Dwight Howard. And right, yeah. Just Nate like won if he like could have three. Yeah, if he could have got in that mix, that shit would have been something to see for the fans. And but yeah, the NBA All Star Game is the shit. Hey, let me talk about real quick that '88 dunk contest. Yeah, I'm a, obviously diehard Michael Jordan fan, but da- Neek might have got he got he might have got bamboozled on that one. <laughs> <laughs> he yeah. uh, he threw down some like vicious windmill. He's he's I don't if not the best in-game dunker ever. He's up there. He's the best windmill dunker ever. He just had crazy power on those, you know, frog splashes. And Jordan got away with some 50s that might have been some 47s. That, well, and that, it was in Chicago, bro. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Which, I'm, which I'm going to regardless in 2020. Yeah. I don't care yeah. how expensive those tickets yeah, are. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, definitely. Hopefully we'll have some credentials. We can get in there by then. That'd be <laughs> tough. That should be the goal, low-key. Oh, yeah, that is the goal. 20, <laughs> 2020, no catch-up Chicago. 2020, no catch-up yeah. Chicago. We got credentials. Let's get it. Dude, Dominique is probably my favorite dunker of all time. I will go out and say that. I liked I like when there's power behind that shit. Like Dominique was doing the two hand windmills. Right. Like trying to rip the the rim out of the backboard, bro. Like yeah. no, like Sean Kemp. Like he was trying to kill people when yeah. he dunked on them. Like, simple as that. So those are the type of dunkers I rocked with. Obviously, real Michael, hoopers too. Yeah. Like Sean I think Kemp, Neek said, Neek said like I forgot how many points he has. Like he's like you don't get twenty thousand points in this league uh, dunking. You know, like he had a mid range jumper. Kemp had a little mid range jumper. Uh, so it was cool to to have that and still have you know your fundamentals. Man, Sean Kemp was so nasty. The Rain Man got I fat have... as shit in Orlando. Though. Yeah, he did. Oh, dude. Well, yeah, he yeah. Towards the end, he was chilling yeah. big time, no doubt. Him and Gary Payton. If we would have had to lose one of those finals to any one of those squads, Seattle, I could have dealt with. I could have dealt, dealt, dealt with that. With Gary that Payton wouldn't have shut the fuck up about it. He would yeah. still be talking about that anytime he's on TV. But so Big would time. I. I mean, they were a 61 team, too. They were they no were joke. Yeah. yeah. That, um, dude, that Detlef Shrimp, they had uh, Sam Perkins. Like, yeah, that was a good right. team, bro. T is Super Bowl week. Super Bowl 52 is on Sunday. Patriots, Eagles. Same same old Patriots in there trying to go back to back on us. Tom's trying to pick up number six. Who do you got? Who do you like? I want to talk about this little uh, documentary I've been watching um, about Tom versus time. You should actually check it out. Anybody listening should check it out. It's actually pretty good. It's about it gives you a little behind the scenes about Tom, his life, how he goes about shit. Giselle's in that thing, so that's always good. I know you got fam coming from. Uh, yeah, Coming I got some fans from Philly in town. Uh, like, if there was 
two teams that I do not want to see win. It's these two teams, so it's kind of like a lose lose for me. You don't rock with the you don't rock with the Eagles. I don't really rock with the Eagles. This weekend, I rock with them heavy though. So right. so let's see what they could do. Uh, no, but I mean, I do rock with them because they got some guys who you know, you know, easy to root for. I guess. Uh, yeah, that, especially with Wentz being out, like the seeing him on the sideline. Yeah. yeah, I think the Pats are gonna win, man. Yeah, I think so too. Unfortunately, I think it's gonna be pretty damn easy too. Yeah, the line is minus four. It could go either way. It could. I could see them. Like I said, I could see them going in there and winning like 13, 14 points, no problem, right? I could also see the Eagles coming off the edge, giving Tom some trouble. Rushing four and not having to worry about blitzing them all the time. So, I don't know. We'll see. I, to be honest, as much as I don't like the Patriots, like Tom Brady I, is not my uh, least favorite Pat. He might be my favorite Pat. It's just like something about the Patriots, that whole city, that aura, I, I, I do not rock with whatsoever. I also don't want, and I've already seen some of this dumb shit on Twitter, but uh, players starting to compare Tom Brady to Michael Jordan. I don't like crossing planes like that, crossing sports. If you do, I'm here and I'm ready to like to absolutely shut it down and, and tell you why you're wrong. But yeah, I don't like doing that in general. And I've already seen some of that happen. You know, Sports Center, ESPN, who's the goat of all goats? Like, <laughs> that's what they're calling <laughs> the it. The goat yeah. of all goats. I haven't seen that yet. But I mean, Thomas, that man. I mean, it, it goes without saying. I mean. Highly suggest, I don't even like Tom, and just to go off, piggyback off what you were saying, I don't like any Boston sports. No, hell no. I don't fuck with the Celtics. I don't fuck with the Patriots. I kind of rock with Kyrie right now, but yeah. I like Kyrie just because I I, I like Kyrie, just because I think he's a hooper and he does stuff at the basket that no one's done or that I've seen, the way he finishes and gets to the cup and uses the backboard. I've never seen that before, so I rock with Kyrie just because he's an animal, but I don't like the Celtics. I don't like Boston. I don't like Boston sports. Period. And I guess when I said it, I'm talking about the Patriots and the Celtics, um, but yeah, I want to see those guys lose. But I do respect and appreciate greatness. No, yeah, yeah, you gotta and respect Tom. That. He's that when it comes right, to the quarterback no. position in the NFL. Um, Tom versus time. It's about his basically what he does in preparation. They go into depth. They even show him getting his body worked on with uh, his trainer. That's in, that's been in the news recently with that whole Garoppolo, Bob Kraft, Belichick situation. They go into depth about that stuff. He talks about TB12 and keeping your body right and doing all that. Um, but it gives a real peek into kind of like his life. And he's a little reserved. He's usually a little reserved cat. Like you never really uh, – saw like his family dynamic and all that type of stuff so it's interesting to go in and see how you know he works on the day-to-day and functions on the day-to-day um like an example is they show him watching film on this old ass dell like it's this old ass dell laptop and like that's how he watches his film it was just kind of cool to see him doing regular shit that regular people do and you know just live a regular life so check it out time tom versus time i caught it on youtube yeah it's dope. Could I, I'm about to break my own rule and, and drop a hot-ass take real quick. Uh, so we're we're talking about not crossing sports. Let's cross real quick for a second. LeBron James and Tom Brady. LeBron James might have had it 100 times harder than Tom Brady in his career. 
So in my opinion, since Tom Brady entered the league, he's kind of been playing with house money, you know? He was never supposed to be this player. So anything he did, anything he's done beyond that, you know, is is yes. free. It's like he he couldn't fail really. You know, he came into a situation where he wasn't supposed to be this guy. And to, to his credit, he became that guy much more, became the greatest quarterback. But LeBron James has had this like crazy we've never seen before type of pressure his whole career. And like I said, like he has so many failures you could point to, but at the end of the day, he surpassed the player he was supposed to be. You know, as crazy as that sounds. Yeah. That's why if we're gonna cross planes, let me do that real quick and just get that take off. <laughs> <laughs> that is a good one. If you are gonna cross, that is a good comparison to just the different complexities of expectation versus non expectation and coming in and doing what you're supposed to do versus you know, if Bledsoe never goes down, who knows what happens right. with Tom, right? Like, that's the whole crazy shit about all this stuff. And I think that's why, you know, it, it, it's funny because it goes into that thing with Garoppolo. Like, he wanted Garoppolo gone a couple of years ago. Like, that's why he wants him to move. Like, he doesn't want to have what happened to Tony Romo or have what happened what or what he did to Bledsoe happen to him. If there's no one behind me to even worry about, then... I don't have to worry about that type of thing. So, yeah, all that goes into play. Brady going for number six. If he gets ring number six, bro. Yeah. Oh, no, all things objective, that's that's ridiculous. At 40? Yeah. At 40? It's crazy. And as as crazy as all that TV 12 stuff sounds, um, the less test, uh, all the stuff he talks about with muscles and – him eating, he doesn't eat, he's never had a strawberry and he doesn't eat this and eat that and he only, he doesn't eat avocados and he only eats superfoods and like all this crazy shit that he's doing. I don't see why you can't give it validity when he's out there 40, 41, balling the way. He's going to win the MVP, probably going to win the Super Bowl. It goes on and on. You know what yeah, I mean? no doubt. And I'm ready for that chapter to end. <laughs> <laughs> Real shit. Like, yeah. yo, all that shit that we just said, that's yeah. dope. Everything. What is this shit about? Yeah, we're, enough we're of this we're shit. Done. Right, we're good. I'm good <laughs> off the pats. Tom Brady and all that shit. He's, a, he's Bowl, a killer, though. Right. He's a killer. Yeah, he's a monster, man. Uh, Super Bowl 52 this Sunday. Check it out. What plans you got? You just going to kick it with the fam, yeah? I'm just going to kick it yeah, with the fam, some friends. Um, probably eat a shit ton of wings. Just cool. Yeah. Out. How about you? Yeah, same. Um, Big Nick the Quick actually is going to have some people over at his place. I might stop by there. He lives up north, and I don't get up north like that because it's far. I'm downtown with it, so we'll see. But it'll be low-key either way. I'm not into going into work hungover and my stomach all jacked up because I ate a bunch of whole bunch, right. a bunch <laughs> of shit. So I'm going I'm to keep it, keep it low-key. No catch up Chicago. T is in the building on the sports side. Look out for us weekly with Nick the Quick. No catch up Chicago for Chicago by Chicago. Subscribe on iTunes. Subscribe on YouTube. Across the board for T. I'm Sean Little. No catch up Chicago. Listen up.